Yeah, I'm from down here. And I'll need that microphone. Lovely. Thank you. We're all on. We're all... Good morning, church. What a wonderful looking bunch of people you are. Turn to somebody and say what he said. What he said. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, can, I have, um, can I have Paul Johnson and Jeanette Edmonds pop up here, please? If you'd do that for me, please. Um, by the way, church, FYI, um, yep, just, you'll be fine right there. Um, uh, thank you to the elders uh, for um, offering the extension, FYI, which I have not signed. <laughs> I haven't. Just a technicality, I think. I haven't signed it, so whatever you want to give me to sign it, that's fine. No, there's absolutely no problem there at all. We are honoured, absolutely honoured um, uh, to be asked and uh, look forward to um, that extra six months just to do and, and uh, whatever it is that God is going to do. And isn't he doing a lot? He certainly is. Um, we've got a conference coming up. Has uh, anyone not got one of these? Or last week you would have got one. Is anyone in the auditorium that does not have one of these invitations? Put your hand up. Well, as you're walking out the uh, as you're walking out the door of the auditorium on the left hand side, there's a sign up sheet for this this conference, um, uh, and all the information is there. And I've got a couple of people here. You'll need this, Paul. You'll need that. I've got a couple of people here who have um, experienced. The, uh, the speaker or the key speaker that's coming, uh, Sandra Selma Kirsten, um, who's flying back from the States at the moment, and she will be the key speaker in the, uh, at the conference. And um, Paul and Jeanette, you've had the privilege of being under that ministry either earlier this year, I think that was. Um, you had some time, uh, three or four days. Um, so Paul, I guess my first question to you is, why did you go to it in the first place? It wasn't being held here, it was somewhere else. Why did you go in the first place? Uh, the conference had been sold to me um, as in dealing with trauma and grief. And I'd had a situation, recent history, um, that I just had not been able to resolve and get over. I'd said all the prayers, I'd done everything I thought I was supposed to do, but it was still racing around in my mind and in my spirit. And I thought, well, it's either spiritual grief, spiritual trauma or emotional trauma, so... Why not go along? Something mm. might happen. Okay. And when you did go and took that, I guess, step of faith, did you find it helpful? Yes, I did in a very surprising way. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And while you were there, in your opinion, and, and your experience, because you've been a follower of Jesus for quite a while, did you experience the presence of the Holy Spirit in that, that time? Very definitely. Um, the situation that I had in mind um, was not spoken about at all. Um, Tammy took me back to something that happened in my very, very, very extended history that I had completely forgotten about. And um, through the Holy Spirit explained how this had created a wound within me. Um, best way to describe it like, it was um, a gong inside my soul. 
and the recent events were like a hammer hitting that gong. Mm. Um, mm. And it was the reverberation of that which was causing me all the trauma and grief, mm. not the actual experience what I'd been through. That's and once we administered with that, um, the very deep history, everything else just disappeared. It wasn't an issue. Um, that can only be a Holy Spirit thing. That's awesome, mate. Last question for you. Would you recommend folk in our congregation to come to this conference? Well, I'm coming to it, so um, yes, I would recommend everyone else come to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. Pastor, thank you for putting us down, mate. Thanks, thanks. Jeanette, um, you've also been involved um, um, with that ministry, and um, so same question to you, really. What, why did you decide to go? Uh, well, the reality is I've had lots of healing over the years, and I had three or four issues that I still struggled with and couldn't get the victory over, and I thought, well, maybe this might help. Yes, yeah, so that's why you decided to go. Yeah. Did you find that when you were there that the teaching and the, um, um, the theology was sound? Was it biblical? It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good, and it yeah. gave me insights into things that I've never heard taught about before as mm. to what might be the deeper yeah. root issues. Yes, yeah. And did the Holy Spirit meet you in that situation? Yeah, amazingly. It was just such an amazing atmosphere yeah. of... Um, Love, acceptance. They actually have intercessors sitting in the in the thing the whole time, yeah. and so I just felt like I was held in the love of the Holy Spirit. It yeah. was non-judgmental, yeah. no condemnation, and I just was excited to be there each day, even yeah. though it was painful. Some of the things they were saying. Yes. You just felt like you were being held in the love of God. It's wonderful, and and I guess like 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 Paul Paul shared that um, he. Experience of freedom in the in whatever that issue was for him. Did you find the same kind of thing? Yeah, I have. I've mm. experienced some freedom, and it's still yeah. ongoing. It's still ongoing. Yeah. And would you recommend folk going from our church to this? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't miss it. Lovely, it's amazing. Thank you, thank you, Jeanette. Where's Tori? Just to give her Tori that microphone, please. So, church, you, I wanted you to hear a couple of testimonies. We did did one last um, last Sunday too. Um, Sophie shared, and. You may be thinking to yourself, you know, why, why are we um, kind of quite heavily promoting this conference on the 8th and 9th? And here's the bottom line, folks. Unless we let God do what only God can do, we stay as we are. That's what I call being kind of like stuck between floors. You know, ever been, anyone ever been stuck on a lift? Have you... What was that experience like? Was it freaky? Yeah, yeah, okay. I've never had the experience. Someone else put their hand up here too. Yeah, you've been, you've been stuck between floors. And I've never had that experience. Don't ever want to have it. But I could imagine that when you're there and there's no up or down and the door doesn't open, you know, you're kind of just stuck. Well, that's what happens, church. Stuff comes at us in life. This is true for everybody. And as followers of Jesus, we have something that some other people that don't know the Lord do not have. We have the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that makes the difference. It's the Holy Spirit that is the point of difference. And if you allow Him to do what only He can do, there you will find freedom on that issue, whatever that issue happens to be. So if you've got your Bibles, church, would you turn with me, please? 
uh, to John chapter 14. This is the final in this uh, series that we've been uh, doing about the Holy Spirit. For, for the benefit of those who will be watching this online, um, the last few weeks we'll be doing this whole series. And essentially, um, the, the series has been about uh, the Holy Spirit, who He is, um, what He does, and why His presence, listen to this part, in the world. Hold on to that thought for a few seconds. Why His presence in the world is so vital for the entire human race. Let me explain that. For, the, for St. Albans Baptist Church people, the timing of this series has also been very, very deliberate. As we've planned this series um, to, uh, as a lead up to the conference, the Inside Out Conference, in a couple of weeks, weeks' time. But who is the Holy Spirit? And what does the Holy Spirit do? And why His presence in the world is so vital for all of humanity? And I say, church, to you this morning, for the entire world, whether you are a follower of Jesus yet or not, the Holy Spirit is critical in this world. And whether you believe in God or not, does not change the reality that He exists. Here's the point. God, the Holy Spirit, exists for all people. Someone say amen. For all people. Therefore, the Holy Spirit is not just for believers. He was sent by God the Father to continue the work that Jesus began as he ministered to, listen, everyone around him. When I launched the series a few weeks ago, I shared that there are over, can you remember how many faiths and religions there are in the world according to Google? Can you remember how many? 4,000 plus. Uh, religions and denominations uh, that exist. Of those 4,000, and we're Seb. Where are you, Seb? Put your hand up, mate. Of those 4,000, Seb, and notwithstanding the resurrection, mate. All right? I heard what you said. Notwithstanding the resurrection. Of those 4,000, The one key point of difference is the presence of the person in the work of the Holy Spirit. No other faith has that. None of them. It's the presence and the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. That is the point of difference. And John 14 tells us that the Holy Spirit was yet to be sent, just before the passage that we're going to read, I want you to hold that thought, that at this point in time, in its context, the Holy Spirit was yet to be sent, John 14 uh, verses uh, 26, I think that, that's where you'll find that, but earlier in 739, John says that before Christ's resurrection, the Spirit had not been given, but it does not mean that the Holy Spirit was not active in the world previously to that. This is so important to understand. He had been active. He was present in creation. If you go to Genesis 1 verse 2, the Spirit of God, it says, was hovering over the waters. 
So the Spirit of God was obviously there. And the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit came upon and empowered the prophets, priests, and kings in special ways, um, uh, uh, gifting them for service. For example, Samson was empowered by the Holy Spirit to to do what he did. Yeah? Bezalel, the guy that um, made all the, um, uh, the, the instruments and the furnishing of the tabernacle, and, the, and all, he was empowered by the Holy Spirit to do all of that. We, we are not told that he was gifted in those arts and that before that. We're not told that. But God came upon him in a special way, and all of a sudden, he was able to do this and do that, things he'd never done before. Wouldn't that be cool? What would you do if God said, what do you want, Bruce? What would you do? You want to tell us? What would you ask for? There'd be a better musician. Yeah, what about that? That's what God did. So the Spirit of God, although John, John's gospel says he had not yet been given, we'll come to that in a minute, the Spirit of God still was operating in the world. But here's the difference, and this is the key. In those situations in the Old Testament, he came upon people. It was temporary. He did not indwell people permanently. He came upon them. Fifty days after Jesus' ascension, however, at Pentecost, he sent the Holy Spirit to indwell his people permanently. John 14, 26 says this, Uh, Sorry, you'll find that in John 14, 26. The important distinction, as as it especially relates to unbelievers and believers. Here's the thing, church. Unbelievers, for if you're here this morning and you're not a follower of Jesus, but you're here and welcome if you are. Welcome in this place. But if you're here this morning, the Holy Spirit does not indwell an unbeliever. Does not. But he does witness to the hearts of unbelievers to convict and to convince them of their need for Jesus. Can you agree with that? That's what he does. That's unbelievers. The Holy Spirit comes not into them at that point. He comes to them. Yeah? But for believers, the Holy Spirit comes to live in them. He's in you, Tori. Christine, he's in you. Isn't that awesome? He's actually, and Tori, you've got a triple thing going on. (laughs) And when he comes to live in us, he takes all that God has given us, church, our gifts, our experiences, our passions, and our knowledge, and he ignites and and empowers those things that we already have. And he does it in various ways in the hope of pointing people to Christ. You know, when Jesus walked the earth in those three years or so that he was here, all the miracles he did, he did not do miracles for miracles' sake. That's not what they were for. The miracles were there to convince people that he was who he said he was, the Son of God. 
That's what they were for. And for the church, when stuff happens amongst us, as the Spirit of God begins to move in particular ways with the gifts of the Holy Spirit and other things, they are there to convince people that God is who He says He is. It's not, if, 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 if you're someone that's gifted in a particular way, and we'll come to that in a second, in a particular way, the gift in one sense is not for you. It's to be used through you to convince other people that God is the real deal. You know, every person here this morning who acknowledges that Jesus is their Lord and Savior has the Holy Spirit in them. Wow, you do. Every person here this morning who does not, has not made a commitment, I want to be very clear about this, does not have the Holy Spirit in them. But you can, you can by simply acknowledging that you're a sinner and you want the Holy Spirit living in you and through you. It's a free gift. So church, the Holy Spirit is here right now. He's speaking to us in particular ways. Right now, he'll be speaking to some of you in your spirit. Just whatever, downloading stuff. I have no idea what he's doing. We're going to find out in a minute. We are. I'm going to find out in a minute. He will be speaking even now. For some people, he will be affirming them. For others, he'll be encouraging them. For some, he will be convicting them. For others, he will be convincing them. Also, the Holy Spirit distributes gifts. The Bible talks about gifts, plural so every one of you that's a follower of Jesus here this morning that has the Holy Spirit in you has at least one gift. Probably more than one, but you have at least one because it talks about gifts in the plural. And he's given them to us so that he can work through us. That's why he gave them. So let's illustrate this. Last week, when Robert uh, preached last week, he talked about... Um, Three types of gifts. They're not an exhaustive list, by the way, but he chose three. Uh, can you remember what they were? The gift of, if, we, if you wanted the gift of tongues, that was a group over there. And I think if you wanted the gift of healing, it was there. And prophecy was over here. I think that's how it worked out. And Robert encouraged um, people to come up. And if that was you and you wanted to receive that gift, to come up and a whole bunch of people responded. You remember that last week? A whole bunch of people responded. Well, right now, that same Holy Spirit that was operating that Sunday, last Sunday, is operating right now. Same one. It's not a different one. He's here right now. You see, Revelations, in Revelations 2, John, who wrote, wrote Revelation, he referred to the church as a golden lampstand, in fact, seven churches, seven golden lampstands, and that Jesus walked amongst them. The Spirit of God walked, this is, this is Revelation, walked amongst the lampstands, which are the churches. Here's the point. Right now, Carl, the Holy Spirit is wandering around this auditorium through those seats, you know, and he's going in and out and he's weaving in and out over us, in us and through us. He's doing it right now, Tori. Some of you look stunned. 
Some of you look quite pleased. Holy Spirit's doing that right now. Do you want to put it to the test? Shall we put it to the test? Yeah? Let's do it, shall we? Okay, what I want you to do is in real time. The Holy Spirit is hovering, encouraging us with the gift or the gifts that we have or what we would like or believe that we'd like, the stuff that you've already been given. He's here right now and he's witnessing into that already. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 11, here we go. God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, even in St. Albans, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. Each person is given something to do that God that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. This is from the message. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit, capital S, and to all kinds of people, the variety church is wonderful. It's what God does. It's only God that can do that. No other faith, religion, 3,999 of them have anything like this. But we do. We do. Some pe- someone once said, um, but yeah, but Paul, we're all in the same boat. Well, I say, oh yeah, but some of us have got first class tickets. Okay, so what I want you to do is get into groups of two, threes, four, five, I don't mind how many, and I want you to ask each other what the particular gift is that you believe you've got, or you'd like God to impart. Ask each other that, and then ask the Holy Spirit to activate that gift in the other person, the other people. I want you to do that, okay? Now, Get into groups and just do, and I'll, I'll tell you when to stop. Pray for one another that whatever that gift is, that God will activate it. Just do that now. Don't forget to pray for one another when you've identified what it is the other person is asking for or already has. I want you to pray for one another that God will activate it.
Stephen. No, Stephen. Get in there. It's really important, church, that you pray, pray for one another before we come back here. It's really important that you do. Ask God to activate and to release. Just take one more minute, folks, and then we'll come back. Okay, folks, if you can just um, just uh, wind that up, please, what you're doing. That's awesome, church. You see, see, folks, at some point, we have to stop talking about this stuff and start doing it, don't we? You know, we can hear all the teaching in the world and read all the books and listen to all the podcasts of, of, of this stuff. But you know one thing the disciples did that, that, that my encouragement to us all, and I'm talking to myself here as well. At some point, when they recognized who Jesus was, when they got to that point, you are the son of God, they just stepped out of the boat. They really did. They stepped out. Did they make some mistakes? Yes, they did. And I love that picture of um, Peter and Don, Ben preached a couple of weeks ago, when he, and, and then Jesus picked Peter up because Peter took his eyes off the Lord and he started looking at his circumstances that's what was going on and then he started to sink and 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 the illustration is that sometimes we will make a mistake we will but you put your eyes back on the Lord and he will pull you up he will rescue you from that put you back on the horse so to speak and away you go again and it's how we learn 
It's just how we learn. I was um, <clears throat> um, uh, doing my normal walkie thing uh, this week. It was Monday, actually, and I was... Um, uh, anyway, I had some music playing. Do you know what song was playing? Pink Floyd. I'm a Pink Floyd fan. You know, shine on you crazy diamond, whatever it was, I can't remember. And all of a sudden, I, everything just, just kind of changed, the atmosphere changed, and these words started coming. And I had a picture of you, Brian Watts, when these words started coming. I thought, you've got to be kidding. I don't want to be thinking of Brian. <laughs> Greatest respect, my friend. I love you to bits. But this was Monday. This is on Monday. And and I kind of switched things off. And I, okay, God, what's, what's going on here? And God began to show me um, something about you. Um, and the words were to this effect. Um, God has taken you um, from a place of stagnation into a new season. This is Monday. God has taken you from where you were into a place where you've kind of been um, comfortable and, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy kind of to be here, but it, it's not fulfilling. And I believe that God was saying to you, Brian, that he's taking you from that place into another place. It's a whole new season for you. And that you are not to fear the circumstances. That you are not to fear the water, which is a little bit rough at the moment. You're not to fear that. Fix your eyes totally on him. What he has for you, Brian, is far better than what you walked out of. That was the word I had for you. And then a few days later, I got a message. So I'm just being honest. And it kind of made sense, and it makes sense to you. Yeah. I got that on the Monday. I got the message on the Wednesday. Figure it out. And see, that's what God does, church. He, he um, one of the one of the gifts that, that, um, that God has generated in me over, over the years has been the, the prophetic, the prophetic side of things. There's been other things as well. But prophecy is one. And I've got to be honest with you too, there are some times when I'm just afraid to bring it. I just don't want to. You know, Nairi? I'm thinking, oh, gosh, really? Choose someone else. But if you don't, you just stay stuck between floors. If, if, if I'm not willing to step out, it kind of just sits there. And one of the worst things that I've had with the whole prophetic side of things is being in a service or even in a conference or something like that, and, and, and God is moving in some particular way, and he downloads something in you, and your heart's beating, Katie, at a thousand mile an hour, and you know that he's given you the word to share publicly, and you say no, and the person behind you shares it. Have you had that experience? <laughs> and you think, oh, why didn't I? Because well, we're human. We have our fears. We have our, uh, um, our impediments which kind of hold us back. They can hold us back. I want to encourage you this morning, church. In spite of the fear, do it anyway. Do it anyway. Is um, Georgia, are you here? Georgia Davies. Ah, there you go, Georgia. So when I was out doing my, um, this walk the other day, Georgia, and God gave it to me again this morning, I had a, I believe, a word for you. Do you know the story of um, Deborah, Judges 4? You know the story? If you don't, go back to your Bible and, and check it out. 
And what I had was, was your name and then Judges 4 and Deborah. So I began to look it up and I began to read it so I could share with you this morning. And I believe that what God is saying is you have that spirit in you. Do you, do you realize that she was the only female judge in the book of Judges? The only one. She sat at the gate of the city, and that's an important place in their, in their culture where people walked in and walked out, and they would come to her, Georgia, and ask her opinion about stuff. And she would speak into their life. But it gets better for her because that same woman in that culture where women were kind of like second-class citizens, if you like, Barak was the... Um, um, general of the army, and God told Deborah that they need to go and fight the enemy, and she brought Barak, and she said, she said to him, listen, mate, lead the army into this battle, and he said to her, I won't unless you come with me. What a coward he was. You've got that kind of spirit in you, Georgia. You've got the same kind of spirit. It's a... Um, it's a powerful thing. And I would say to you this morning, use it well and use it wisely. And God will grow your life incredibly. Okay? And see, God does that. He will be speaking now to some of you. There's some of you here this morning who have words of, of prophecy, words of knowledge, even now, are bubbling up in your spirit. Put your hand up. That's you. Is one, two. So, Carl, what is it? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Meredith. That's it. Loud, yeah. 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 Plans for hope in the future, not for calamities. God's a good God. He gives good gifts to his children. Always good gifts to his children. Let's, let's just get back to our passage. Acts 1.8 says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses um, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You know, at the Inside Out conference that we're going to have in a couple of weeks, the Holy Spirit will be moving. He will be. The Holy Spirit um, will be ministering amongst us. I believe, church, there is no greater need that we have as individuals in this day and age, than the Holy Spirit in us. No greater need. Listen to this promise that Jesus made to all believers in John 10.10. 10. All believers. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they would have life, but not just life, life to the? Life to the full. 
Therefore, the primary, most fundamental need of all humanity is to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So let's read our passage for this morning. John 14, um, 15 through 20. on the screen. If you love me, say it together. Keep. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth. That's the Holy Spirit. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. And on that day, you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me. And listen, and I am in you. What does it mean? You know that context is really important. I go on about it like a stuck record. Here's the context for, those, for that passage. Jesus' earthly ministry was about to draw to a close. Just before, it was just before his arrest and his trial and his ultimate crucifixion. So he, he's talking to his disciples here. And he was sharing a meal with them when he began to explain to them about his impending departure. Could you imagine? They'd been with him for three years. They'd pinned all their hope on him. And now he's saying to them, well, um, time's up. I'm about to leave. I'm going to leave you. After everything they had seen him do the past three years, the incredible miracles, his ability to draw and inspire crowds of people, the healings, the deliverances that they witnessed, not to forget the fact that they had left all to follow him. Now he's saying to them, I'm leaving you soon. I will be crucified. One of you um, is a traitor. And by the way, Peter, you will disown me three times. Satan will be at work against you all, and many who follow me will fall away. That's pretty much what he said. Can you imagine how they must have felt at that point in time? They'd left all to follow him, everything. And now he's saying, well, I'm done now. See you later. Completely bewildered comes to mind, I would think, dazed, confused, and discouraged, I suspect. But here's what I really want you to hear. Catch this into your spirit, church. God is a good God. He's always a good God. Everything he does is good. He declared to them in verses 1 through to 4, which we did not read earlier, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. These men were frightened. They know that he's going away. They remember earlier that he had shared that he would be taken from them and ultimately beaten and crucified. Not surprisingly, church, they were now fearful. Not only for him, but fearful 
for themselves. That kind of makes sense. But now he reassures them in verse 18. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm not going to abandon you. I will come to you. How will he come to them, church? Do you know the answer? How will he come to them? By the Holy Spirit. There are believers all over the world who still not, do not fully understand this incredible truth. Jesus is living in them, and he desperately wants to work through them. Jesus, if you're a follower of Christ, Jesus is living in you right now, and he desperately wants to work through you right now. You know, whenever there are pressures and problems and demands made upon us, it is to this fact that we need to return and remind ourselves that the Holy Spirit lives in us. And because He is in us, the secret of His life, Tanja, flows through you. Because He's in you. The secret of His life. There are things that you've yet to understand about who he is. That's okay, I'm learning too. There are secrets and stuff that God wants to share with you, and he will over time when that's required. The important thing is that you understand he is with you 24-7. He hasn't abandoned you. He hasn't abandoned any of us. He's here by his spirit because he lives in you. I want to remind you again of what the passage says. If you love me, keep my commands. If you love me, church, keep my commands. Do the things as much as it is up to each one of us, as much as we can, even though we're sinners and sometimes we make mistakes. Do all we can to keep his commands. And when we do that, he says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. That is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. And that's because He's not living in them. He comes to them, but He's not living in them yet. But He can live in them when they accept Christ as their need for a Savior. I will not leave you as orphans. Uh, sorry, let's go back. But you, you know him, for he lives with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Do you realize when you get up every morning, when you get up out of bed, that the Holy Spirit is right there with you? When you're asleep, he is there with you. You might be asleep dreaming of whatever. The Holy Spirit is there. Wherever you happen to walk, drive, fly, the Holy Spirit is there. You carry him with you wherever you go. That's why it is so important that we keep his commands. We do things his way. Because I live in you, or because I live, you also will live. Isn't that powerful? So it's now not talking just about now, it's talking about eternity as well. 
because he lives, you also will live even when you pass. That's eternity. On that day you will realize that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. You know, church, the day of people living this life in the Spirit, the life that we live now, the day that people began that was at the day of Pentecost. That's when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon all believers and came into them. The moment that happened, church, they became new creations, which means they became a changed person. A new creation, that means change. Something changed in them. That day occurred over 2,000 years and it continues as it did then today. Nothing's changed. It continues today. And what a privilege, in my opinion, what a privilege it is to live in this time when the Holy Spirit has been poured out and has come to make his home in you, in me, in us. What an incredible privilege to have the Spirit of God here with us. The Spirit of God is Jesus. It is God. They're one and the same. They're three in one, but they're one in three. It's not another God or another Jesus. It is the Spirit of Jesus himself living in us, operating in this place, it's, it's, it's him. What an incredible privilege it is for us to carry the King of Kings with us wherever we go. Would you agree? So incredible. So here's, the, here's what I want to say then with all of that. We're landing this series on, on the Holy Spirit, who he is, what he is, and what he does. Four, four, four messages that we've had. We're doing this conference in a couple of weeks' time. And I encourage you to, um, if the Spirit of God is knocking on your door uh, in your heart, you'll know, um, you know, you need to come along. I encourage you, come along. You, you, you will not regret it. But it's not just about this conference. It's about our everyday life, living day by day with all of the pressures and the challenges that come our way, with all the changes that are going on out there in society. Katie, could you bring the team up, please? It's about living every day with the knowledge and the confidence that comes from knowing that Jesus is living in you. Wow, wow, what an incredible thought. The King of kings, the master of the universe is living in you. What do you think about that? We've got a whole bunch of stunned people over here but you're probably taking it all in. The Spirit of God is in you. Please stand. I'm just going to sing the song, um, Holy Spirit, give opportunity for people to be ministered to, for whatever. Uh, you might, um, might be wanting prayer for healing. Um, may have a word for somebody. By the way, if you do, if you do have a word for somebody um, and you're kind of just feeling your way 
with the prophetic side of things, um, there's a golden rule that you must adhere to. If it's a word from God, God always encourages. Always. He always builds up. So if you've got a word for somebody, please let it be a word of encouragement. If it's not, and sometimes God will bring, bring correction, if that's the case, take it to the elders. Take the word to the elders. You believe it's for Paul? Moi. Sign the contract. Um, you know, take it to the elders. Let them discern it. Your job is not to administer that. Let them do that. That's what they get paid for. Treasures in heaven. Ayanna. But if it's a genuine, say, say again, a genuine word from God always builds, always encourages. It's not about putting people down. Uh, if you may be here and you've, you believe that God's given you the gift of healing, <clears throat> excuse me, and people are coming down for healing, well, come down. Uh, Miriam is um, looking after all that side of things and facilitating that. Just say, Miriam, I believe I'd like to pray for Tori or whoever. And, and, and there's always, with, where God is operating, it's never chaotic. There's always order in God's house. But at the end of the day, God is still God. You know, he spoke through a donkey. He caused the donkey to speak in the language they could understand. So goodness gracious, there's always order. And I want you to be um, sensitive to that and um, just be aware of that. Um, so if you'd like prayer for any situation, um, please come on down. The team will be here. We'd love to pray for you. And I believe that there is uh, food and whatnot after church uh, in the cafe. Church, God bless. Have a wonderful week.